Hello and welcome to Laps Game Radio episode 137. Um, it's going to be a short one. There's supposed to be three of us tonight, but one of us is not here, so there's just the two of us. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me is Nick Case. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm good. We've been sat here on <laughs> Hangouts chatting about the US office and charlie brooker and a whole bunch of non-game related stuff for the last hour we probably should have recorded it yep benefit of hindsight it's always 2020 we didn't there was going to be a third but uh, i think he's got caught up at work or something so we're just gonna chat about what we've been playing for half an hour or so just a short one this week so uh, i am really intrigued because you've been playing Control, the new Remedy joint. Yes. And I've heard some interesting things. The most interesting thing I've heard is the voice of Max Payne is in it as a kind of narrator or something. Yeah, kind of. So there's lots of different... Well, there's another interesting thing you might not have heard. The, the voice of a certain Hideo Kojima is in it. Really? Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I've not got to his character yet, but he uh, he 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 has a character voice in it. Does that um, mean that Sam Lake is definitely going to be in um, uh, Death Stranding? Death Stranding. Almost. I mean, Max Payne or or Sam Lake or someone. I mean, it, it's <laughs> I it's a good collaboration, isn't it? I it's, hope it's Max Payne. He just turns up at some point and says, "The train was lit up like a Christmas tree." <laughs> It would be, it would be very good. Uh, yeah, so I've I've I'm still in the very early stages of control. Um, obviously, it only came out as we record this two days ago, um, but it's very much what you would expect from a remedy game so far. It's quite mm. um, I mean it's quite slow at the beginning. It's just easing you into the story, um, and essentially the store. Well, <laughs> essentially you enter a house. Or a building, uh, which is called the oldest house, uh, and it essentially it looks kind of what you'd expect the FBI officers to look like, but it's not the FBI; it's the Federal Bureau of Control, um, and essentially it kind of guides you through. And somehow you walk in the door, and within ten minutes you are the new director of the Federal Bureau of Control, mm-hmm. uh, and you with you you wield uh, a certain. Uh, weapon uh, and some you pick up some special powers uh, where you can uh, you can fling uh, bits of any anything really you can li- you can literally if there's nothing around to uh, to pick up via telekinesis you can literally pick up a bit of the floor and just fling it um, at, at these uh, creatures that are infected with what's called the hiss um, so yeah like I say I'm, I'm quite early on uh, so I can't really give too many impressions uh but it, it it's at the moment reminding me a lot of what i've seen of the gameplay of uh quantum break um mm-hmm. but with the better story and writing i'm gonna say it, even even already i can kind of tell it's it's more uh peak remedy than it was than it is quantum break um yeah. So it, it's it's very promising. the the other The other thing is, it looks bloody beautiful. the 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 ray tracing effects and the particle effects, and it just it's it's a real feast for the eyes, uh, especially when you get in combat and start flinging like flinging things around and shooting things. It's really mm. really good. 
looking. It's also really making me wish I'd bought a uh, Philips Ambilight TV, uh, which is the ones that have got the lights on the back that sync with what's on the screen. Um, because then like the whole back wall would be lit up with red when things <laughs> go down, essentially. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so far so good uh, is what I can what, say. So uh, what platform are you playing that on? I'm playing on the PlayStation. Uh, I'm using the Pro. I've heard yeah. some reports that the regular day one Xboxes at uh, PlayStations aren't faring as well mm-hmm. with all the shiny, yeah. shiny stuff going on. Um, apparently there's some issues with um with ps4 yeah vanilla ps4 vanilla xbox one and some lower end pcs as well yes struggling quite a bit with it i um, can imagine that and it, it, it's just a very intense game with all the effects that are going on uh i can imagine it was quite a hard job to balance to render it down even uh mm-hmm. because there's just so much going on and there's so many effects and things but I mean, if if you think about it, Quantum Break was the same. Uh, hey, I, I seem to remember thinking, wasn't Quantum Break one of the first games to use ray tracing? But they used it for the audio. Um, I, I, you know, I don't actually know that much about the development of that game um, at all. It was mm. one that I, it was it was a game I only played recently uh, when it was on when it came onto Game Pass. Uh, it, it was just something I was aware of uh, for a good while, but I hadn't actually played and I'd, I'd heard that it wasn't the greatest. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know too much about that. Um, yeah. So from what I can make out, the, like Remedy quite like to pick on a particular theme or uh, for for their game so max like the max Payne games like for at least the first two the ones that they made were very much rooted in like film noir mm-hmm. um but then with lots of weird satanic stuff thrown in as well and matrix style bullet jumping but like visual style was very very film noir yeah um alan wake is essentially stephen king mm-hmm um, I don't know what Quantum Break was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I was just thinking that as well. Um, but I'm getting from from like the trailers and from the descriptions that I've heard of this game, I'm getting a little bit of a X-Files meets Twin Peaks kind of vibe. Yeah, if I had to describe it in a word, it would be very Lynchian. Um, there's mm. a lot of influence from David Lynch, uh, X-Files... Twin Peaks, obviously, is David Lynch. Uh, that kind of thing. It's also because of those influences. It kind of reminds me a lot of Virginia as well, uh, which was again very inspired by uh, David Lynch and the X Files, just in a slightly different way. They took it in a yeah. different direction, whereas this is very on the nose. This is what it is. Like mm-hmm. you just you're walking through this fbi type building that you might have seen in in x files and there's just like a load of floating bodies in midair um mm-hmm. and it's just it's a very beautiful game in a very in the strangest way i can't quite describe um when you you're walking around and there's just these floating limbs and stuff um but yeah it, it's so far so good um I'm, I'm sure i'll have more to talk about it on the next episode really I heard there's more. Uh, I don't know if you come up come across it yet, but I've heard there's more like in universe stuff 
like there was in like the Alan Wake uh, in, in Alan Wake and uh, American was it called American Nightmare? It was yeah, the sort of DLC. Um, yeah, like the like the TV show inside the the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had I had something quite like that in this. There's a couple of things. Uh, there's some like in internal videos uh, that seem to have been made by some kind of scientist type people. Uh, mm. But the the I had a terrifying one earlier where there was. Um, like a children's TV show with two puppets, uh, one of whom looked like Chucky from um, Child's Play. Uh, it was just, it was a very, very strange and very scary. Um, yeah, but yeah there's, there's lots of little horrifying. things. There's lots of little things like that dotted around. Um, and obviously, uh, because it's a remedy game, they've also apparently. Uh, thrown in a load of little Easter eggs that kind of hint that everything's in a shared universe. There's apparently some mention later on down the line of um, certain characters from Alan Wake uh, and things like that, which is par for the course for, obviously, most development studios. But mm. with all things Alan Wake, anything that gives me hope of a sequel is uh, is a good thing. Mm. I really hope this is a return to form for them because they don't make games very often. Yeah, they, they they take a lot of time over their games. Um, yeah. Apart from, they're doing a strange, like, MMO that's really big in Japan, aren't they, or something? I have no they, they, idea. They're, yeah, they're developing a really strange MMO shoot FPS. This Crossfire. Oh. Cross, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that Shit. game. Right, okay. Crossfire 2. Um, I, I remember they, they showed... Uh, that was one of those weird moments uh, um, during Xbox's conference at E3 where they showed this lengthy trailer for this game that was like... They were, like Phil Spencer's banging about this game that's got like millions of players uh, and they're finally happy to bring it across to Xbox in the West and they showed the trailer and it was just like the most generic like military shooter nonsense yes but apparently it's one. massive in um in china yes um and remedy developing in it that's crazy <laughs> that's that's nuts like because you look at the rest of the games that they've made and it's all just yeah Apart max from, Payne, max uh, Payne what, 2 alan what, wake oh they made death rally that's the one that death is, rally <laughs> it, it, it was a really old pc top-down racing game uh, okay. They re-released it for the iOS, I think, a few years ago. Right. Um, but yeah, that that was about twenty years ago at this point. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two th- uh, nineteen ninety-six. Hmm. So no death But apart from that, yeah, just Max Payne, Max Payne Two, Alan Wake, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and Quantum Break, and and some game on iOS that I've never heard of called Agents of Storm, and in Control. But yeah. Um, they don't, yeah. They don't make games um, very often. So hopefully this is a return to form for them because yeah, Quantum Break was just um, you haven't played it. Uh, no, no, not at all. No, um, it was just a disappointment. Like it was, it was, it was ambitious, and what it was trying to do with the storytelling was interesting, and the fact that it's got like this forking gameplay where like you would make a decision at the end of each chapter that would then play that would then decide which version which episode of the tv show you would see next and it would shape the way that the story went but it all all doesn't matter anyway because it all ultimately had one universal ending anyway 
Um, the only thing that would change is whether certain characters were alive or not. Uh, and it apparently cost quite a lot of money, and they hired some big name talent for the to, to to play to do motion capture for their characters and also to act in the TV show. And it just it was just bits of it just didn't it didn't work particularly well. It wasn't a very good shooter. Mm. Um, and it's the story kind of fizzled out for me, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping good things for this. I've heard I've heard it's like from people who finished it for review that it's a solid game. Um, uh, maybe a return to form. Uh, it's definitely one that if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it on Xbox One X because that's the most powerful piece of hardware I've got. Yep, definitely. Uh, yeah, um, that's definitely one that's going on my list. Uh, you been playing anything else at all? Uh, the only other thing I've been playing is I've dabbled a bit with Dicey Dungeons. Ah, yes, yeah. Uh, which is essentially a dice ga- dice roguelite RPG, I'm going to say. Right. Um, it's by the guy who did Super Hexagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just which I got addicted name. to for a while. Yeah, it's Terry Kavanagh. That's the guy. Yeah, um, and it's essentially a. It, I guess it's also kind of deck building where you play as a dice, a d6, um, and you go through uh, a series of levels down a dungeon, uh, defeating monsters with kind of with cards you have, mm-hmm. um, and. The higher level you are, the more dice you have to play with. So, for example, you might have um, a, let's say, an axe, uh, which the card literally says, do uh, square damage. And the square is, at the beginning of your turn, you roll all your dice. So if you, you might get a three, a six, and a five. So if you move the six dice over to that card, then you do six damage. Um, right. And essentially, it's just that all the way through. There are different cards that change the game, uh, and there are different classes you can play as, which completely change the game as well. Um, and it's essentially just that, really. It's the okay. only problem I found with uh, that formula is, of course, because it's it's rolling dice, it's completely luck-based. There's nothing you can do if you get a bad roll and an enemy gets a good roll. I've had mm-hmm. really good runs that just suddenly end on one enemy because they kept rolling a load of sixes and I kept rolling a load of ones and I couldn't do much damage to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing to really stop that from happening that I've experienced so far, um, which makes it kind of frustrating. If you get if you get like four levels down, uh, I think each dungeon is five levels and then a boss. If you get okay. four levels down and then suddenly your run's ended, you back to the top, uh, back to level one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just very frustrating when that happens because it's kind of like a 10, 15 minutes wasted. Um, But I've not really Uh, played it Welcome to the world of, you know, roguelikes. I mean, if you've ever played, like, um, Enter the Gungeon or uh, Moonlighter or any number of those games like that, you can can feel like you've wasted quite a lot of time. (laughs) What I'd say about those games is they, they at least give you some kind of reward for dying. Um, sure yeah like in rogue legacy you get to keep coins and buy stuff in dicey dungeons from what i've found there's nothing like that you just you just die and lose all your cards and you have to start again from scratch 
All right, that's uh, I think you have to pass a boss for you to actually get something out of it. Which obviously, if you're dying on le- on level four or five, then that's there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do. Um, so that's a bit disappointing, um, but I'm kind of just persevering with it because it's great on my surface. It's a really, oh. it's like a game that's just designed for the touch interface, uh, and I'm very surprised it's not already on iOS. I'm sure it will be at some point. Um, I'm going to presume that the music's really good because I saw that Chipzel uh, has done the music for it and yep. she did the music for Super Hexagon and the music in that just burrowed its way into my brain for ages. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, all, of, all of his games have great soundtracks uh, and this yeah. one is no exception, really. Um, should we talk about what we've been playing then? Yeah, go on, go for it. How, how much Destiny have you played this week? Mm. You know, I don't know how I can... Actually, I do know where I can check that. Someone made a Destiny heat map. Oh dear. I used it a while ago because they gave away a couple of really cool banners. Well, one that's kind of boring and one that's really cool. They decided to commemorate a couple of weekends where through them messing up, there, was a, there were two... There's two exotic weapons in the game. Um, that uh, two different weekends were completely broken to the point where they were just so overpowered. So there's one called the um, shit. I can't remember the name of it. It's a it's a um, trace rifle. So it's like shoots at just like a beam, uh, and it's a solar one. And ah oh, man, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but basically, for one weekend, that gun was broken, and so everyone in the Crucible was using it. And it was just dubbed the laser tag weekend because everyone was running around with this beam rifle shooting each other. I think I remember uh, reading about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you played um, the Crucible during that particular weekend, then a few months ago, and this, this was back in like December of last year, uh, they recently awarded anyone who logged any time in the Crucible on that weekend a special banner, which was just like a, a skull with a laser beam going through it, and it looks really cool. And I missed out by two days because uh, I went and checked my heat map to see if I was going to get it. Um, I can't remember the website now, so I can't check it up. But I, I have played a horrendous amount recently. So um, it's the traditional Destiny end of year checklist of here's a bunch of things that you might want to do. So for a good few years now, Destiny's had a thing called the Solstice of Heroes where they have this event where you can earn a nice spanky piece, a nice set of armor. And because I spent pretty much all of this season playing on just my Titan, I'd neglected my Warlock and my Hunter, so I had to grind out all the objectives for two sets of armor for them, which was an absolute pain in the ass. Um, but then you also have like a thing called Moments of Triumph, which is a checklist of... They're like, check things off if you've done activities that we have introduced to the game in the last year. So it's like complete the forsaken campaign um one for each of the raids that have introduced in the last year so um the the last wish raid from forsaken the scourge of the past raid they added with the black armory and the um crown of sorrow raid that they added with the season of opulence which is like the latest season um lots of stuff like that most of it's like if you've kind of run if you've run with a, a, a clan for a while, which I've been quite lucky to be running with the the guys from the computer game show clan who have dragged me through a lot of content that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. 
but there were two triumphs that I had left, which have taken me um, a good couple of weeks of grinding to get done because they're kind of... Um, one of them is tied to RNG, and the other one is tied to being good in the Crucible, which I am not. So, uh, have you ever played Gambit in I Destiny? I have, yeah. I've, play- I've played a fair few games of that, to be honest. Cool. So, you know, like the concept of that. Um, in the Joker's Wild Season, they introduced uh, the uh, a, a secondary mode to that called Gambit Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a much harder version of it, but it's one round only, um, rather than being best of three. Uh, and they also introduced sort of roles. So there's like um, the Reaper role. So that would be the person who goes around and kills lots of the minions. There's the collector who goes and collects all of the the um, the the moats. Uh, the defender, um, uh, sorry, Sentry, who is the one who is like shutting down invaders and also getting rid of the blockers in the bank and there's the 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 the, in, the invader the one who goes into the other team's um map and fucks with them basically yep. uh and then they introduced another mode called uh the reckoning which is like a it's just a straight pve squad based horde mode thing with a couple of objectives that was really really difficult uh and doing that will reward you um with pieces of armor and that related back to Gambit Prime, so you could have like sets that would give you a bonus to whatever you're assigned, whatever you're assigned, whatever role you wanted to play, and that was. So like, uh, I went for like the Reaper set, which meant that I got some bonuses. I was doing bonus damage to the enemies. The motes of light that I was dropping were staying around for longer, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I had to. So one of the the triumphs was to like complete a to win a match of Gambit Prime wearing a complete tier three set of the armor set from reckoning so i've had to play so much gambit prime and so much reckoning until rn jesus finally like uh, gifted me with a complete set all the pieces i need for one complete set and then i had to go into gambit prime last night to try and pull it off and it took me seven matches before I was matched with people who seemed to actually know what they were doing in Gambit Prime so I could finally win a match uh, and then the only other triumph I had was to get what's called a, a Crucible Pinnacle Weapon so every season they've introduced like a new Pinnacle Weapon for the for like playing in Strikes playing in Gambit and playing in Crucible and strikes and the gambit ones are kind of fine. It's just like play them enough and you will get them. Mm. Uh, the crucible ones are all tied to ranked mode, which they all have like a threshold of like a score that you need to get to, which is fine. Um, you get a certain number of points for a win, but you also lose a certain number of points for a loss. And gambit's matchmaking is kind of screwed. Uh, sorry, crucible's matchmaking um, is kind of messed up when it comes to the the rank stuff. So, like, you'll go in, and this happens far too often, it seems. You'll go in, like, four randoms who've all just solo queued into a match, and the other team will be a four stack of one clan who are just the sweatiest of sweats, and they will wipe the floor with you. Uh, And that'll happen several matches in a row, and you'll lose so many points, and you'll be so demoralized and just shut the game off and not want to play it for a few days. Um... But luckily, I've got a couple of people who are really, really good um, at uh, at the competitive mode in Crucible who managed to drag me through and get my Crucible 
pinnacle weapon. So I've ticked off all of the 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 triumphs on this, and I realise this is none of this is going to matter to anyone who doesn't play <laughs> Destiny at all. Uh, and I got my first ever title, which I'm quite happy about. So now I'm kind of done until October the second yeah. when uh, Shadow Keep comes out. So. I am officially available for any sherpering that anyone might want. <laughs> any <laughs> yes, help please. at all? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, whenever you want to play some, I'll, I'll jump on. Um, friend uh, Andy, uh, friend of the show, Andy Palmer, um, he jumped in with the TCGS um, clan with us the other night, and we were in the space of about an hour and a half we pulled him through his first ever raid and got him one of the harder exotic weapons to get the whisper of the worm um so like there's having a decent community to play with it is just so good with that game because Mm. um you got people there who have played it a lot more than even i have who know the game inside out know different modes inside out and can help you get some of the get through some of the hardest content i would have never been able to do um up until when i started playing with them i'd done one raid and that was the leviathan and i'd done that a few times and that was it uh and then i've done all three of the raids i've added in the last year in the last couple of months several times just because i got people to play with again finally Mm. which has been fantastic um I think that's enough Destiny talk <laughs> for now. We may be doing a special Destiny episode at some point in the not-too-distant future with some of the people from the TCGS clan. So if you hate listening to me talk about Destiny, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, apart from that, I've been playing a couple of management sim games, I guess you call them. Um, two very different ones. I've been playing Motorsport Manager, uh, I was hoping Chazzy would be here tonight so I could talk to him about it because he's played quite a lot of Motorsport Manager on the PC uh, and I don't know how different that is to the iOS version. I imagine it's kind of like the difference between Football Manager and Football Manager Touch where it's just kind of um, the, the, the iOS version is a bit stripped down, a bit more simplified. But yeah, Motorsport Manager is exactly what it expected to be. It's, it's you are managing a... Well, it's not Formula One because they don't have any official FAA licenses. It's just open wheel racing, but you manage a team. So you have, you know, you set your team up, set your, your design, the paintwork for your car, sign a couple of drivers, enter one of the championships. And then like, as you're going through, you're like upgrading your headquarters, researching parts for your cars and um, negotiating the... Um, keeping your drivers happy whilst also training younger drivers and so on and so forth but then like you get into the actual races and you're setting the cars up and setting the tactics and everything for you know you're practicing you're qualifying and the actual racing itself knowing when to call your drivers in um to to pit what tires to change them onto whether to do an you know a, a repair that will take a quite a lot of time uh, or not but may affect the aerodynamics or the performance of the engine or whatever setting deciding whether you're going to set the car up for um being faster through the corners or faster through the straights and so on and like it's there's quite a lot there to sink your teeth into but not too much that it's overwhelming um and it's just like the races don't take too long like I think the longest one i've seen was like 19 laps and you can just 
hit the fast forward button and speed up really quickly. But it's just like a really nice, um, you know, reasonably in-depth management sim for uh, something like that. I mean, most like that sort of sim games you see are always like sports sim games. And by sports sim games, I mean football management <laughs> sim games is the only real one, to be honest. Um, I wonder actually if there's like an equivalent for like American football in America. Well, I'm sure there like, must be. There's yeah. got to be, hasn't there? I was going to say, like is hockey it and stuff? Is it quite like Football Manager in a way where there's a lot of things you can sink your teeth into if you want to, and if not, you can kind of just pass it off to the AI to handle? Or is it more um, you kind of have to have a finger in every pie, but not necessarily do ev- do all of them very in a lot of depth? I think the only thing that you can simulate is like qualifying. Like you have to be hands on during the races. Like if you don't tell the driver, if like your driver can be like screaming at you that they need to take a pit stop, they will not take a pit unless you tell them to take a pit. Yeah. Uh, and so they will drive until their 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 tires are gone, or they run out of fuel or whatever. Um, so you have to be quite hands on during the races, uh, and the downtime between the races where you're, um handling your driver's development and researching or purchasing new parts for your cars and upgrading your HQ and stuff like that. I don't know how much of that stuff you can kind of like hand off to the AI. Yeah. But from what I've read, um, the PC version is a lot more in depth. So you may be able to, I, I, I don't know. We, I would need to have to ask uh, Chazzy about that because he's played quite a lot of the PC version of it. But I don't think it's Sports Interactive. Um, it's not the same people who make Football Manager. Um, I think Sports Interactive only make Football Manager, but there's quite a lot of work that goes into making each one of those, so I yeah. don't blame them. And the but, um, interesting fact, the, uh, the simulation for the football matches now runs on the Rome Total War engine. That... That's nuts. That makes sense, though, because it's published by Sega and Sega yeah. own um, Creative Assembly. The Creative Assembly, right? Yeah, I exactly. Think. So uh, when they took it, I think it was 2018 or 2019, uh, yeah. the, they overhauled the football simulation to be on the Total War engine. Okay. I always turned that stuff off, to be honest, <laughs> uh, because up until... Uh, I haven't played Football Manager for a couple of years because uh, the game is dangerous for me uh, and I don't dare go back in because it'd be like like an alcoholic going back to drink. <laughs> um, but uh, I wonder if they'll start using the Alien Isolation engine at some point. Um, yeah, uh, Motorsport Manager Mobile Two. That's the one I've been playing. It's it's good. Like there's a third one as well um, that uh, covers various different racing types. Um, first Motorsport Manager and Motorsport Manager Two are just open wheeled. Um, the uh, third one also covers, I think, touring car and like GT racing and endurance racing, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. I, I don't know how like how much into the endurance race you can go i don't know if you can do like a full le mans 24 hour sort of thing um on it which would be interesting uh i always used to love playing doing like the endurance races in gran turismo but that's a little bit more involved than managing a team that's <laughs> racing for 24 hours or whatever but yeah um and yeah the, yeah the other game i've been playing that's also kind of a management game in a way is uh Automa chef 
Uh, so the nice people over at Team 17 sent over a code for the Switch version of Automashef, and I've been playing some of that, and I'm hoping to get a review up uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future, once I've sunk my teeth into it a bit more, because there's a lot there. There's way more there than I thought there was. So Automashef is, um, if you've ever seen, like, Production Line, I think it's called, the, the, the game where you set up, like, a car factory. I think it's just called Production Line. I think so, maybe. Um, it looks a lot or, like Big or, Farmer as well. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of these games where like you're setting up like production lines in some way. Um, and this one is kind of like uh, a production line game crossed with um, Overcooked. So you are having to make a fully automated kitchen to fulfill orders. And you get different levels, and each level will have, like, these are the types of food that are going to be ordered. So, like, for instance, some like um, you, the people are going to be ordering, like, um, cheeseburgers and fries. So you'll have to set up one production line that's going to, like, like uh, potatoes are going to come out of a dispenser. They're then going to go through through food processor to be chopped up. They're then going to be fried and then packaged and then sent up to the wherever the food goes out. But then you're going to have an have to have a separate line that's also going to like take the buns, take cheese, slice the cheese, take the meat patties, fry the meat patties, put them through an assembler, and then go up. Uh, it starts off like fairly simply like that, but then it start to as you go along, you'll have like three or four different food types that you need to do and you have to build a production line that fits into a kitchen that like when you first start out looks like oh there's loads of room here but then you really quickly run out of room but you're also having to build it so that it's efficient as possible because you have a maximum amount of power that you can use and if you use too much then you have a blackout and things just stop working uh and you also have a maximum budget so you can't spend too much on the pieces of equipment and you have to and it's it's so for instance like okay well I'll, I'll, it'll be ex- easy if i explain like one one simple production line so like you have like a dispenser and then that will go down to a robotic arm that just picks up anything that comes across it so you have like a dispenser that dispenses meat patties goes down to the robotic arm the robotic arm will then pick it up and then you have to tell it in which direction to put it down so that it goes down on the patty and then you have to put a smart robotic arm on the other side that doesn't just automatically pick up whatever goes on the grill it can only pick up the meat patty when it's cooked and then you have to tell it which side to put it onto and then it'll go after the dispenser with the other ingredients and come out the other end. So you're having to, as you're going along, um, introduce pieces of machinery that will be like, okay, if this order comes through, then this machine does that, then that machine does that, and that machine does that, so that not everything is on just producing the same thing over and over again, because you have a maximum number of ingredients that you can use if you want to get all the, um, the objectives in level. Um, and uh, you need to be able to have the machines automatically turn off when they're not being used. So then it's not only doing design its production line that's efficient, but also putting in machines that are basically like if X, then Y sort of logic mm. as well. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm only a few levels in. It's already started introducing this stuff. And I've, I've, I've like read a couple of reviews of it and I see like later on, 
I'll also have to contend with the fact that you can get like cross contamination in the kitchen and you have to deal with that. And like, um, say you've got like very strict power limits on this particular kitchen setup so that you've got like three different dishes that all have to use the same pieces of equipment. So that then you're going to have to have different ingredients being passed down to one piece of equipment, but then then having to make sure that they're cooked and then separated off into different production lines at the other end. And it's surprisingly complicated and um, there's way more to it than I thought, like a game that, that's... It's only a tenner on, um, on Switch. I don't know how much it is on PC. I imagine it's probably about the same, if not cheaper, because, you know, Switch tax. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I I kind of I'm a sucker for this sort of game. Like I've played God knows how many hours of of Mini Metro. Have you ever played that game? I have, yes. Yeah, far too um, much. So yeah, I, I imagine that sort of thing, but like a lot more stages involved. Um, and it, like it, it's, I, I imagine it would work incredibly well on uh, with a mouse. It works surprisingly well uh, with a with a controller. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I've, got, I've messed up and had to like pause the like reset the game, uh, reset the level so that I can move a few bits and pieces around because I'd I'd messed up the placement because it's not quite as precise as using a mouse. But yeah, it's really really cool. Um, but it's just it's hard as nails already. Uh, and there's 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 apparently there's loads of levels, uh, and then there's like challenge modes as well and like test kitchens. Um, one one of the good features in it is like if you say come up with a really like compact efficient um and quick production line for making like cheeseburgers or whatever you can save it as a blueprint and then when you go to make a new kitchen it's like hey you're going to be making this this and cheeseburgers you can be like right I'll drop my blueprint from a cheeseburger production line in there and then just fit the other things around it um and the whole thing's like presented in a like yeah, it's kind of quirky. Like uh, you're guided through the game by this robot that is con- uh, that, but the robot who is adamant that it's a human, um, and is definitely not trying to overthrow humans and replace all humans with production lines. And just keeps on making jokes about like, um, hey, isn't this funny, fellow human? Sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's just like it's just charming and. If you yeah, if you if you like overcooked, but also like games that involve <laughs> planning elaborate production lines and logic and things like that, then I think this might be one for you. Um, I've been yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Now my destiny grind has slowed down. I'm going to play a lot more and uh, get a review up and get a video up on the YouTube channel as well. But apart from that, um, oh, I played Gears Pop. You're looking at me blankly. Ooh, that's not a good. That's not a good face. It, yeah, it's the uh, Gears of War game that's the, in. They're not real Gears of War people. They're the pop characters. They're the the Funko Pops. Funko Pops. That's the word. Or pop vinyl, or whatever they're called over here. Those pieces of plastic that are going to fill a billion landfills in about ten years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't like. Funko Pops. I don't really have any 
real affection for Gears of War. I played through the original trilogy and really enjoyed them for what they are. Um, they're still like the gold standard of cover shooters. Um, I've got Gears 4. I've played a couple of hours of it and I didn't go back and finish it, which is probably not a good sign. Uh, and it's basically a Clash of Clans game, which is... Um, no, Clash Royale, sorry. Um so Clash Royale, I thought, was a really good game that was just utterly ruined by the the really stingy, really greedy free-to-play economy. Yeah, it was um, really aggressively monetized. You couldn't do yeah. anything. You, I think you could play like a game every five minutes, maybe, and then mm-hmm. and then you had to pay for more coins to so you could play more games and stuff. It was. Yeah. yeah, it got real gross real quick, which is a shame because like it was a solid like kind of MOBA sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it was like three lanes, you know. Um, it was like a fresh take on it for the mobile era. Yeah, uh, and it was a really neat idea that was just ruined by its economy. Yeah. Which is a shame for the developers because, well, they don't know. It would have been the... the who published that? Um, uh, whoever... King Games Clash. or whatever. Is it King... It must it be, might king. be king, someone like that. Yeah. Um, so Gears Pop is basically that, but with Gears of War pop vinyl. Um, but it also uses like the cover based system that Gears of War is known for. So like you've got left lane and the right lane that have like points of cover. So like when you drop a character that uses cover, they will go to whichever lane is the closest and move up from cover to cover. Uh, and then like the middle lane, which is for like the big heavy characters that don't use cover uh and yeah if you played a clash uh, played clash royale then you know what you're getting with this like you build out a deck of um units uh and then each type of unit has like a certain like a power level requirement and like um the power level will build up at the bottom until you've got enough to drop a card or, or drop a drop a unit down and then it resets and starts building up again. So the longer you wait, the higher level enemies you can drop. Um, <clears throat> and so far, it seems fine, you know. Um, well, gameplay-wise, it's pretty much exactly the same as, as Clash Royale. Uh, and so far, after having played it for maybe an hour... Uh, it's the economy doesn't seem anywhere near as nasty as Clash Royale. <clears throat> I don't know how long that will con- continue for. Um, plus, you can also log in with your Xbox account and earn achievements, so yeah. that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm hoping that that stays being not shitty because um, I'd like a another casual like phone game to play uh, when I'm sitting at work on a lunch break or whatever but yeah that's about it don't be playing anything else just um, destiny just destiny yeah don't want to talk about the news because the news is depressing um video game industry is full of some pretty toxic dudes it seems mm. um but yeah that's about it just a short one this week I haven't got anything else to talk about, have you? Um, not really, no. Uh, no? Just, yeah, people are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> people are horrible, but games are good, and there's lots of good games out, and lots of other good games 
coming out. Well, games that look good. Um, it's not that long till we get um, the Outer Worlds, is it? It's like a month or so. Yeah, it's like it's early November. October, I think. Hey, there's um, ga- that game from Supermassive came comes out tomorrow as well. Man of Midan or something. Oh, People yes. Made all- Until Dawn. Yeah. Uh, I haven't finished until dawn. I saw the trailer for Man of Medan or Medane or how you pronounce it. Um, I played it at EGX nearly a year ago and it's finally okay. coming out. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because Until Dawn was a great game. Um, and yeah, it seems to, to just that. use the same engine and go along the same lines as it. So yeah, well, why not? looking forward to it when I've finished yeah. with Control, obviously. Uh, and I think... Um, DMC5 is now on Game Pass, so I need to get that downloaded and give that a play because I've been wanting to play that for a while. Um, now, now I'm free from the Destiny grind. I can actually play other games for a bit, so <laughs> I feel kind of liberated. Uh, yeah, I've got a whole bunch that I need to finish off. My my pile of shame is is horrendous. I pledged so many games to um, so many post-apocalyptic games for uh, Codec Momentum this month, and I, f- <laughs> I finished one of them. Uh, I finished the one that's four hours long. <laughs> but what counts like, as a post post apocalyptic game? That's the question. That became but a bit of a bone of contention. But I managed to get a few in that were considered post apocalyptic. I I'm probably not well. I'd say yeah. We've got like two days left as put as time of recording. I am not going to get um, uh, Sunset Overdrive finished. I'm not going to get God Eater finished. God Eater is just, it's worn me down. I love it, but it's just, it's just, just so much. There's so many hunts and it's just too much. Uh, I'm going to try and get um, the last few achievements cleared off on um, Far Lone Sales. And I'm sure I pledged something else, but whatever it is, it's not going to get finished. <laughs> so the only one I finished was uh, I Am Alive. And it was so disappointing that I completely forgot until just now that I played it, and so I didn't talk about it in the what we've been playing bit. Um, um, well, if it wasn't yeah. that good, it's not worth talking about. No, it Maybe wasn't. Don't well, play it. it was just disappointing, mm. really disappointing, because it was like the closest a game kind of came to uh, being like the video game version of The Road, uh, okay. but didn't just fell through on so many places that like gameplay wise fell through in so many points that it just ended up being a massive disappointment yeah but anyway i'm waffling let's draw this to a close um as always head over to uh you can head over to the youtube channel by the time this episode comes out or not long after that we should have another episode of fortnightly fisticuffs because uh, me and Connor are going to play some Street Fighter V, finally. Uh, the latest version of the granddaddy of fighting games. Um, head over onto the website. We haven't uploaded anything since my last Destiny 2 ramble. Um, but I'm going to get a review up there for Thomas F uh, shortly. So that's uh, lapsgamer.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at lapsgamer. Nick, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at Haunted Crime. And I am at Basement Shacks. Uh, Thanks for listening. Cheers.